All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Five Tool Podcast. I'm George Klein, and this week I am here alone. It's a busy time of the year, finals for college students and for college students. So a lot of people are really busy, so it's just me here. Um, so I'll do a news kind of episode, one that we haven't really done yet. I'll just run through some NBA power rankings. I've made a list of all the teams in the league and thought it would be a good opportunity to just kind of give my thoughts on where everyone's sort of stacking up on some of the storylines that have happened. Just as a heads up, I do have a little bit of a cold again. I had had it a couple episodes back and I thought I had fought it off, but it's back today. Got one of those sore throat deals happening, but I'm going to fight through it. And again, so if there's any weird noises, that's that's why I'll try to keep the annoying six sounds to a minimum, but my voice just might be a little gravelly no matter what, um, and that might just be unavoidable. But let's get into it. So for the worst team in the NBA, number 30, bottom of the league, I think it's a pretty clear choice. It's the Phoenix Suns. They're 4-21 right now, and they just seem headed in the wrong direction, honestly. So obviously, since Devin Booker's out, that, that does hurt them a good amount. But I don't know. There's just... You can lose, you can lose badly, but to lose with the amount, to lose with the lack of passion and energy and effort that it seems like they're putting forward on a daily basis, that's just inexcusable to a certain extent. You can't, you can't score nine points in a quarter and have that be okay. And I gotta say, a little concerned about some of the guys on that team, it's just, it's a losing environment, it's a losing culture. And Eric Bledsoe got out of that, and uh, it's just been a bad situation now for years and years, and it just seems to be building into this thing where... Phoenix has just sort of turned into this black hole in the NBA where if you go there, I mean, just nothing <laughs> nothing comes out. So Trevor Ariza is going to be traded in a couple weeks. Um, I mean, what I'm looking for is with DeAndre Aiden. And his motor has always been a slight question. And again, you got to wonder. He had those comments where you kind of look at it and you look at the game and you think, oh, man, it's over. And the Suns just have to work play by play, hoping for improvement, hoping for some pride. And Again, an atmosphere like that may not be conducive to to getting the most out of DeAndre Ayton. So that's definitely something to monitor moving forward. Not a good situation there. Now, number 29, the Atlanta Hawks, 5-20. and 20. This is pretty much the Trey Young show. And Trey Young hasn't made a lot of shots so far that, yet this year. Um, he's shooting. His percentages are way down. I'll look them up now while I'm talking about the team. Very cool to see Vince Carter get to 25,000 points. It's awesome that he's in the league. Really happy for Jeremy Lin. Uh, you know, he's had some really tough injury luck the last couple of years. So great to see him being a an able and consistent NBA player. Once again, he's had some really nice games for them. Yeah, so Trey Young shooting 38% from the field and 24% from three, and he's taking almost six threes a game. So... The concern with Trey Young was always his defense, and he's going to have to be a really good offensive player to make up for it. Uh, he's he's quick. I'll, I I will say that when when you watch him play, he can really get past that first defender, and he can head to the basket. It's just a matter of finding a way to put it in, or I don't know what it is. It's just he, he or actually he, his shot selection needs improvement. He takes way too many deep threes. And I know it's the whole Steph Curry factor. He's going to be the next Steph Curry, but you don't need your rookie taking shots from like 45 feet out or whatever. And he can set up teammates. He's averaging 7.3 assists, so happy about that. But again, after he gets past that first defender, he has to find a way to score more ably and more consistently because it's not a good sign. And when you look at the Luka Doncic trade, 
I think it's clear so far who the winner is, and Trey's really going to have to step up his game if he's ever going to want to kind of live up to what seems like Doncic can be. So now we've got 28, the Chicago Bulls. They just don't play any defense. They just really don't. They got marketing back recently, so hopefully that can give them a little bit of a boost, though. Again, it's sort of a losing effort. Decision to fire Hoiberg was an interesting one because they really didn't give him a lot to work with, but I don't know. I think now my now now it's not the time to to get rid of Hoiberg. I think if you had wanted to fire him when the situation with the competitive team and a couple of years back, um, then that would have made a little bit more sense. But it seemed like he was really doing the best he can at this point, and it seemed like the situation had gotten better, though clearly not. I don't know, Jabari Parker, it seems iffy at this point if he's ever going to be a productive NBA player again at this point. It's just the lack of defense, lack of intensity, it's definitely troubling. So yeah, it's just not a good situation once again. I like Wendell Carter. Zach Levine, he's he he can score, he's certainly proven that, but he sort of is just doing whatever he wants at this point and that's not any recipe for winning. I think they're going to have to rein him in a bit if they ever want to win like 40 games in a season. Now, 27, my team, Cleveland Cavaliers, 5-19. and 19, And I got to say, I've been impressed by Colin Sexton so far. He takes too many jumpers where he has one foot on the three-point line. Uh, so you want him to back those up a little bit. But for a guy where shooting was the big knock on him, he really looks like he can be a terrific shooter in this league. And I don't mean that just like for what we expected from him. I think for anyone. Again, small sample size and all that, but it does say something to me that he's shooting 89% from from the free throw line. We look at these young players in college now, and we're looking at free throw percentage as an indicator actually of future performance. So if you're looking at that for Colin Sexton, I mean, he's only 19. He's so young, and he's turning 20 in January. He's got a lot of time to figure this out, and he we know he can make the three-pointer at this point. He's shooting 46% on almost two threes a game so he's he's obviously not taking a ton will that percentage go down yes but we know he has the ability to hit them at least the thing for sexton is when he drives he has to learn not just to chuck it up in the lane whenever he can he has to set up his teammates a lot better than what he's been doing but i'm confident that he can figure it out he's young i did expect more from osman though jenny osman you would have hoped for more um, he's really struggled with his shot, but he had a good game against the Warriors. Uh, he's really seems like a guy who steps up against the big teams. He's had fantastic games against the Raptors, against the Lakers, against the Warriors. So he shows up when it's important. I think just looking for that consistency. The thing is, he always plays hard. I'm confident that he can sort of figure this out, rein in um, his game to a correct point. He's really good where if he sets his feet from behind the three-point line, he can knock that down consistently. So... That's pretty much it. I mean, Tristan Thompson's been a beast. Everyone knocked on him for saying the East runs through Cleveland, and the East certainly does not run through Cleveland, but he's been a monster in the paint, rebounding like no one's business. So, honestly, that that contract is not looking nearly as bad as it was a year ago, which I guess you can say. And Love is supposed to come back in January at some point, so hopefully, you know, we can just see him um, stay healthy for the latter part of the year. So now we've got number 26, the New York Knicks, and... I mean, they're, they were never going to be good. They're not going to be good. Porzingis is out. But they do have a couple finds, I think, in Alonzo Trier, who's looked fantastic so far. Just incredible athleticism. He can drive. He can get to his spot. Just really good all-around player. I think that that's a piece for them. Robinson, too. Just super athletic guy who could just monster in the paint, monster at the rim. 
So those are two guys that I think that they did stumble across. Um, but yeah, they're not going to win a lot of games. Their guards are very, very iffy. They've got a lot of them, and none of them are particularly inspiring. I think that the Nidikina situation, uh, it's really gone south. There's been reports that they've given up on their young player, which you obviously don't want to hear ever um, so early in his career. But he's just shown not much on offense. Might be a wasted pick. All right, 25, the Brooklyn Nets. And the Nets are a very solid team for 46 and a half minutes of the game. They just keep losing these heartbreaking close games in ways you wouldn't think were possible. Uh, just an absolutely stunning, collapsing team. Levert's out, so that hurts. At least that it's not as bad as you know we might have feared uh, with that dreadful, awful injury. D'Angelo Russell continues to be sort of an enigma. It's hard to completely buy into him. He just whatever that it quality is, he just hasn't displayed that yet. I will say Jared Allen's looking like he's going to be a real good player. So the Nets again at a certain point though, losing all these close games makes you think there might be change, whether it's some management, some coaching staff, because that just can't happen to you. You got to find a way to pick up some of these games, especially when you've been struggling for so long. But they have their pick this year finally, and hopefully with another piece they get Levert back. Maybe they can make something happen. 24, the Miami Heat, I've got. 9-14, really falling fast. Whiteside walked off the court early when, uh, when, when when he was benched in a recent game. And honestly, I mean, I would get it if I was him. I gave him a lot of flack for what he did in the playoffs last year. He seemed to be moping around for a lot of it. But honestly, he was vibing in, in that game uh, last week and or like a couple days ago. It's kind of hard to keep track of the time. Uh, but yeah, he was doing real well. Um, he was like 6-for-7 shooting in the first half, and then he just didn't play him at all in the fourth quarter. So maybe it's matchups, maybe it's a lack of trust, but uh, I I can feel for him. The Heat are just a team that's what everyone's talking about, where they committed too much money to guys who ultimately aren't worth that much, and it's just a bunch of average dudes. And that's not going to get you very far. They held on for too long, and now they're kind of feeling those consequences. Honestly, at this point... I'm a huge blow it up and tank guy, but yeah, I try to blow it up and tank, try to get a uh, high draft pick. But again, I don't know how much you can get for a lot of guys on on this team since you've attached them to such monster contracts. Um, so 23, this is this is a big sh- surprise, I'd say. 23, the San Antonio Spurs. Wing defense. They don't have anyone who can really guard laterally. And yeah, the offense between DeRozan and Aldridge can can do just fine. But again, it's a little antiquated, lot of mid-range jump shots. It just feels like the league's kind of passed them by to a certain point, and that Kawhi was a death blow. They needed Kawhi. They relied on him so much, and now we're really seeing what what happens when this whole thing has fallen apart. But also, in addition to Kawhi losing Danny Green, losing Kyle Anderson, they're just running out of dudes. And now, I mean, Murray's out for the year. That really hurts, too. They've got a lot of dudes who aren't incredible at at guarding and it's just really hurt them so it's tough it's rare to i mean in my entire life i was born in 98 so the spurs since i since i was first aware that basketball existed the spurs haven't been bad uh and seems like it might be finally happening though i still hold out the belief that somehow greg popovich can find a way to turn this thing around i still have that belief 22, Washington Wizards, 11-14. and 14. Seemed like this was headed for a disaster when they were something like 2-8. and eight. Wall and Beal complaining. A lot of complaints. There was that explosive practice or whatever. They've put it together a little bit. They've 
one some games since then, but this team isn't going anywhere. They're going to be battling for that seventh or eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. No one really gets along on this team. They don't like the coach. Organization's a mess. Uh, ugh, it's just not a good situation there. That's all I can say. Um, again, candidate for blowing it up. Would you trade Beal? I probably would because, I mean, you've been trying this thing for what five, six years, and it hasn't worked yet. Why's why's it going to work now when you're eleven and fourteen? 21, the Charlotte Hornets. My guy, Kemba Walker, lighting it up. It's been incredible to watch his transformation over the past few years. He's turned into just this dominant scorer. I mean, he can just score from anywhere. He's so quick. He's got such a nice shot. But, again, that talent around him isn't isn't uh, doing what it needs to do. It's just they haven't put the right team around him yet. And it's tough because I'm a huge Kemba Walker fan. I'm a UConn fan in college basketball. So I... I grew up with this guy, uh, him and Jeremy Lamb on this team. I both want to see them succeed, but I mean, Lamb, you know, he's just kind of an average dude, but, but for Kemba, especially it's tough to watch. I, I mean, we all talk about sort of how the Hornets have had some bad luck. Uh, their advanced statistics would indicate a team that's better than their records over the past few years, but at a certain point it is what it is. It's been like this for a while now, so I don't see why they're not going to keep losing like games that they shouldn't lose. Um, I like Malik Monk. I'm a huge Malik Monk believer. I think that they need to play him just as much as possible, give him a chance. And Bridges, too, has actually really surprised me. He's His athleticism is just off the charts. I mean, even the NBA, it stands out with the thunderous jams he throws. So, again, you've got Walker. You've got a couple good young guys. But, I mean, Nicholas Batum has just declined precipitously. Michael Kikilchrist is Michael Kikilchrist. I mean, it's just not a whole lot there. Number 20, the Orlando Magic. And I gotta say, I didn't expect them to even be this high, uh, to be totally truthful with you. I mean, they've won 12 games already. I don't see them sticking in this conference picture. Their team still just doesn't make sense to me. You have Aaron Gordon, you have Isaac, you have Bamba, you have Nikola. I mean, like these guys, there's not enough space to really put them in a position to achieve to the best of their abilities, and point guard situation's a mess. But I mean, you got to give them some some credit here because they found a way to, to win games. They've stuck in against some tough teams. They were, I mean, they were right there with the Warriors in that game a little bit ago. So, I mean, something's working well, but is it an early season fluke? We've seen it before from the Magic where uh, everyone's like, oh my God, the Magic are good now. Wow, wow, wow. And then, because they start off like what, like 7-3, get to maybe 15-15, and they went like 20 27 games or whatever. So I don't believe in them yet, but good for them. 19, the Sacramento Kings. Huge Darren Fox fan. Always been a big proponent of his, the enthusiasm. He's improved so much in his second year. Ball handling, ball skills, uh, the way he gets his teammates involved. Just really, really impressive. Uh, just incredible athleticism. The Kings screwed up the the number two pick. That's, that's That was my take on it the whole time. Doncic was the guy. You've got Marvin Bagley, who, I mean, he, he can put up stats. So, again, maybe that's just what they wanted. But I feel like, I mean, if you had Doncic on this team, man, then you're, I feel like you're really in in a good spot. I feel like the Kings are in a similar position to the Magic where I don't expect them to stick in the playoff picture. But I'm, I'm higher on the Kings than the Magic for sure. I feel like there's a little bit of a cutoff here. I think the Kings have more just of the raw talent in the team that makes sense for them to kind of stick in this for the long term. Heald has looked phenomenal. I uh, that that Fox healed even Bogdanovich. I mean, they can just 
tear you up. Uh, so yeah, really like this Kings team. Willie Collins Steins look really good. So yeah, very enthusiastic about their chances. Nice to see the Kings just being good and being competitive. I mean, their fans have have really suffered for a long time now. 18, the Dallas Mavericks. Lucas Show. It's what everyone's talking about. Pretty obvious point, but he's looked awesome. He's looking like, I mean, he's going to be a, a franchise player. It already just seems like that. He's putting up stats, you know, that only true, true, true stars have put out. And, but also his flares. Flair for the dramatic, those step-back threes to ice the game. He has that it factor. That it factor I was talking about earlier. He just has it. Dennis Smith Jr., I'd like to see more from. He's improved in year two, but I think he can do even more. I think uh, him and Doncic, it's not a perfect fit. There's still some times where Smith Jr. seems to be kind of floating around the court when they're both on it and doesn't seem quite sure about what he's doing. But I like it. I like that core. That's a good core. DeAndre Jordan caught a lot of flack earlier in the year for maybe not putting in as much effort as he needed to. Um, but at the end of the day, it does help to have him back there. He can still be a big piece. Um, so, yeah, I think that they can threaten for, you know, one of those eight-speed spots. And they'll be right in it with the number 17 team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 13-12. and 12, Really picked up tremendously after the Jimmy Butler trade. Towns and Wiggins both looked better. Though Wiggins, uh, he's he had a real stretch there where he really, really struggled. So, I mean... I just hope for Wiggins that he can live up to a semblance of that contract. But it's it'll be rough for him. But his last game, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, it's a good start. Uh, I think Covington and Saric really fit in well with that group. Seems like just a really good fit for that team. Uh, really happy about what they've displayed so far. It feels good that they've kind of recovered from that situation at least a little bit. And also, I mean, it goes without saying, the Derrick Rose show. He can make threes now. Uh... That 50-point game, the emotional game of the year. Clear, you know, lead candidate right now, I'd say, for six-man of the year. He's right there with whoever else you you want to throw up there. He's done so much for that team. Now, number 16, Houston Rockets, 11-13. and 13. I, uh, They're just not good right now. I talked about them a couple of podcasts ago. And for the teams that I talked about with Alex Zimbalist a couple weeks ago, I'll give shorter explanations just because I don't need to reiterate a bunch of points that I've already made over and over again, but the Rockets are just, Chris Paul's back, James Harden's back. No no real excuse for what's happened. They lost Ariza, they lost Mute, and those losses have hurt. The wing defense just isn't quite there. Eric Gordon got off to a ridiculously slow start, so there's there's real problems there. Uh, I see them kind of ending up in like a 7 or 6 seed spot, which uh, it just kind of seems to have runs run off the rails here, and that Chris Paul contract's going to turn into an albatross if it isn't already. Yikes. He's owed a lot of money. 15, New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis. They just need Anthony Davis when he's playing. They're fine when he's not playing. They're awful. Drew Holiday's uh, really, he's just become like such a great player. He suffered through a couple injuries uh, earlier in his career, so it's great to see that he's finally, or not finally, he's just, he's really lived up to his potential, and it's good to see that. Then you've got Miradich and Randall, like that big man rotation promise here, but I mean, the real story is where's Anthony Davis going? Because those rumors have already started. Um, okay, so next team, I took a little break there, if you can't tell, to try to get my voice back a little bit. I don't think it worked, but we've got the Utah Jazz, number 14, 13 and 13. They got off to a rough start, had some mind boggling performances where they lose by 30 plus points. Shouldn't happen to a team this talented. 
Favors had a big game last game. Good for him to step up. Gobert has that whole thing with the referees going on. But, again, they came back from worse last year. They were like 10-20 and 20 or whatever. So I have faith that you know, they can write this ship. Mitchell has to rein in his shot selection a little bit, but a team this talented isn't going to stay 13-13 and 13 for long. I still see them as a 4 or 5 seed in the Western Conference. 13, Portland Trailblazers. I, I'm just not a believer. I They'll make the playoffs, but same old story for me with Lillard and McCollum. I think we've seen the ceiling of this core. I like Zach Collins a lot. I think Zach Collins is really going to be a player in this league for a while. Then we've got number 12. Okay, this is a surprise. Memphis Grizzlies didn't see it coming came out of nowhere. They're fourteen and nine. Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol real bounce back campaigns. Mike Conley seems as good as ever back from that killer injury. Um, really distributing the ball well. Great game manager. Again, it's the classic Mike Conley is underrated talk. But yeah, this series underrated yet again. And for a little while there, he was so underrated he might have been overrated. That but he, he's he's playing well. He's a really good point guard. Marcus Gasol, meanwhile. Winning just seems to suit him right. He's put together just tremendous effort on both sides of the floor this year. Really just helping to control that offense. He's such a stable force for them. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. looks, oh man, that guy is, I mean, we talk about unicorns just so much. And true unicorn right here, I think, you know, develop his ball handling a little bit. But wing, two-way player, he, he can do everything. He can jump out of the gym. He's going to be a good player for a really long time. And all of a sudden, we've got the Memphis Grizzlies, who look, you know, pretty good. Then we've got 11, the Detroit Pistons, 13-9. and nine. Uh, They're okay. Uh, I mean, Blake Griffin, it's nice after not being injured in offseason. He's talking about how it helped him work on his game more, step up his game. And that's big. That's It's, it's nice to see Blake play like Blake again. And he's got some more outside shots. He's in control. He's dribbling. He's doing his thing. Andre Drummond, another big step. Looking really good. Um, I mean, again, just a dominant rebounder. What else can you say about this guy at this point? They'll be good. Um, again, mid-tier Eastern Conference team. I don't see anything too, too special from them. Um, now now that we're starting to enter that top 10, I think, then, then we'll see some teams that have a real shot at sort of legitimate contention. And we start that off with the Indiana Pacers. They're 14 and 10 right now. I've got them at 10th team in my power rankings. And real story is what's up with Oladipo? Some ominous reports about his knee. Don't know how much time he'll miss. Don't know how true it is. But, I mean, he's so much fun to watch. That hopefully it works out for him. Sabonis is looking like a real force. He's going to be big time. He's a double-double machine. Miles Turner, I, I mean, at this point, you got to think he's not going to take that next step. Looks like an overpaid contract, but it's a decision they had to make because the potential is just so, so enticing for Miles Turner. But they'll be a four or five seed again. There, no one wants to play them. I tell you what, if you're looking at like that first or second round, no one wants to face the Pacers. And we've got our last kind of real surprise team here at number nine. Los Angeles Clippers are sixteen and eight, and they're just a team with a lot of good players. Tobias Harris is really good, and you've just got dudes. You've got Gallinari, you've got Beverly, you've got, like, Boban's so much fun. Lou Williams. I mean, everywhere you look, it's just a good player. So, Montrez Harrell really stepped up this year. So, what we're seeing here is what happens when you just got a very deep team of people who don't make mistakes and just play well. They're going to win a lot of games. And I was looking at them, I expected them to miss the playoffs, but you got to give that front office credit. They've done a terrific job of rebuilding this group quickly on the fly, and yeah, just really impressive. Um, 
Gilgis Alexander looks like a real player. So they're going to be good. I, I'm not going to buy in all the way on them. I think that they're a first-round exit type team, five or six. But, yeah, I mean, you got to look at them. No, Another team, they're just going to make it tough for you. It's tough to play the Clippers. They're just going to grind you out a lot of talent all around. No sort of easy, easy target on, on these Clippers because they go 12, 13, 14 deep. Now, these are teams we've talked about before, so I won't go to too, too much depth. But we've got eight, the Los Angeles Lakers, 15 and nine. The LeBron show. Ingram hasn't taken that next step like we would hope. Alonzo Ball is still too inconsistent, but shows tantalizing flashes. Really like Kyle Kuzma. JaVale McGee, impressive season so far. Seven, the Boston Celtics, 14 and 10. Uh, got bad start. We talked a lot about it on this show. Seeming to right the ship, but again, I'm not going to be too, too impressed by a blowout win over the Knicks. I'm going to need to see them against some tough, you know, high, high priority competition, see if they've really corrected things. But Hayward's looking better as of late. Horford's looking a little better. So you knew that they would shake out of it. This isn't a 500 team. They're going to win 50 games or so. It's just a matter of, are they going to be good enough when you're, when you're talking about the second or the third round of the playoffs? And I'm, I'm leaning towards no. Um, I was a big Raptors guy entering this year, and as you'll see, I'm still a huge Raptors guy. Six, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, a lot of close wins. They're 17-9 and nine right now, but advanced stats don't love them. A uh, lot of games where you have to wipe your brow after that because a lot of escapes. Jimmy Butler, you can't expect him to make the terrible last-second step-back deep three-pointer over and over, but hey, you know, Jimmy Buckets, he just... He scores in clutch time. He has that it factor. What else can what else can you say? Um, shooting, they could use more shooting. I'd wanted them to go after Corver. That made it, that was a piece that made too much sense for the Jazz. Were able to snap him up. And Markel Fultz, oh, man, I don't know if he's ever going to right the ship. I think he needs a change of scenery. You look at a team like the Suns, maybe, where he'll be out of the spotlight. No one really notices too too much about the Suns. But again, really bad team, bad bad vibes at the place for him to go. Hopefully, this he can correct his shoulder issue, which we're talking about the thoracic outlet syndrome, I believe. Um, but I'm I'm losing faith. I was in on Mark Hill throughout his rookie year. Now now I'm out. Five, the Milwaukee Bucks. They give up too many three pointers. That's the one thing people are starting to notice. They're sixteen and seven. It's a problem that Coach Mike Budenholzer's teams have had in the past, but. You have Giannis, you have Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Brooke Lopez. I mean, Giannis is playing like an MVP candidate. If he can ever get a three-point shot to go, uh, that's just, it's it's scary to think about. Uh, but they'll be really good. They'll be right in it. Not a whole lot of complaints. Now, for the Denver Nuggets, 17-7, and seven, another just deep team. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap. Once again, Will Barton back. That's just another piece. Isaiah Thomas, even, hey, might as well take a flyer see if he's got anything left later in the season. Just another one of those teams that, that is deep, has a lot of talent on every single facet of the game. You can't look at one single guy, let's say, in their lineup and say, all right, this is easy picking. It's like we're just going to target this guy. The Nuggets are a good team. They're 17-7. and seven. I certainly did not expect them to be a, a fourth team in my power rankings at any point of this season enter, when we were entering it. But, yeah. They look good. So now we've got the three. Oklahoma City Thunder, 16-7. and seven. Monsters defensively. If they could get like Robertson back at some point, which it's tough what's happened to him, but ooh, tough to score on these guys. 
Paul George had a monster game against the Nets just before we were talking about this. Westbrook's three-point shot has completely lost him. But who knows, maybe it's a good thing if it convinces him to take less threes. And you can't expect him to shoot like 22 or 23% or whatever it is forever. Eventually that's going to tick up closer to 30%. But the Thunder is hard to score on. And if any team can give the Warriors some trouble in the Western Conference playoffs, I think it's the Thunder at this point. Just because so much drama coming into that game. Just tough to score. Um, a lot of long arms. Alright, two. Toronto Raptors, 21-5. Best team in the Eastern Conference. Love it. So deep. Kawhi Leonard, Siakam. I mean, Lowry's been struggling with his shot, and they still just keep churning along. But Kyle Lowry, he's just really getting his teammates involved. Love the way he's playing. Ananobi, just everyone. I mean, you can just rattle off name after name. Danny Green's having a rejuvenated season. They're really good. I mean, in a normal year, I think they'd be the championship favorites as of now. They're just marching along, steamrolling the rest of the league. But, as always, Golden State Warriors are 17-9 right now. I have them as the one team. I'm not budging them until there's some sort of catastrophic event in Golden State with that team. They're, I mean, they're getting DeMarcus Cousins back. We saw, if you watch the Cavs game, where Steph and Durant just took over and hit a bunch of monster threes. They, can, they just have the ability to turn it on. Draymond's out. Klay Thompson has struggled. Uh, Steph Curry was out. I mean, it's as bumpy as a start of the season as you could have possibly expected, really. But still think that they're going to win the championship. So... That's going to do it for me. Short episode, little half-hour snippet there, just me all on my own. So try something new. If you didn't like it, then don't worry. Next week we'll be back to the normal format when everyone's more free. But just trying out different things, wanting to give this a shot. I've always been a fan of you know, the Ryan Rossillo uh, monologues. And clearly I'm a long way from that because he just has such an ability to tell an entertaining story and a narrative. But a fun thing to give a shot thought i'd try to stretch myself so if you made it through all the way thanks for listening really appreciate it be back next week with some more normal coverage from the five tool podcast so once again goodbye